This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan where we're hoping we will get the opportunity to talk with Stephen Jones imminently right here on your home of the Cowboys and the world champion Texas Rangers, 105.3 The Fan, as we also are hoping to hear positive news about Shaq Leonard coming to the Cowboys. What about these mm. uh, What about these odds, Kevin, regarding Brock Purdy? Mike said last year, put all your money on Brock Purdy. I said on week. Friday. Yeah, all your money on Brock Purdy. I only said it because of the odds, because he was sixth, I think, in yeah. odds. And I was like, if he beats Philadelphia, I think he's going to go way up in the odds. And his MVP odds were essentially three times as long as Dak's. And I thought, I'm not to say that Dak can't or won't win the MVP, but it seemed unlikely that he was three times more probable to win the MVP than Brock Purdy. And now with that win... He rockets up, Hurts slides down. It's almost a three-way statistical tie. They're all between three and three and a half to one to win the MVP, but here you go. It's a handful of games left. Dak's still in that top three to potentially win MVP, which I have to say I think is really cool. No, it is It is interesting to see him in that conversation and to see what needs to be done the rest of the way. Like if Brock Purdy has a big, a big stinker somewhere, it could change everything. The KNC Masterpiece, and right now brought to you by Ford and your North Texas Ford dealers. Ford is the best in Texas. It is Dallas Cowboys Executive Vice President Stephen Jones. Good afternoon, sir. How you doing, guys? We are doing great. We'll be doing even better if you tell us that you think Shaq Leonard is signing with the team today. <laughs> we just uh, have no idea right now. It's a work in progress, and we'll see. Is is that uh, is the is there a lot of back and forth with that, or is that like did he leave and he's like I'm gonna I'm gonna take my time and you just let it be? There's not a lot of hadn't been a lot of back and forth. We had a great visit and kind of laid everything out for him, our vision for him, and how he could help us uh, uh, win a championship. And uh, I think he enjoyed his visit here, but obviously there's uh, you know more than one more than us involved here, and we'll just have to see. How much were you? paying attention or locked into the Eagles San Francisco 49ers game as not only record implications, but those seem like two of the teams to beat in the NFC. Oh, just a little bit, not much. The, uh, I'm kidding. Okay. I'm kidding. <laughs> I was like, Oh no, I thought you were serious. I was worried. I was no, worried. No, no, no. no. We uh, obviously watched ever play and, uh, you know, obviously very interested in uh, what both teams are doing. I mean, they're obviously two of the best uh, in, in the NFC. And uh, at some point, we we know for a fact we're getting ready to see the Eagles and probably know at some point we'll maybe see them both again. Who knows? But you're allowed to admit that you were definitely rooting for the 49ers yesterday <laughs> then, right? Well, there was no question there. I mean, our only path to a home game 
is uh, for the Eagles to come back to us a little bit here. And certainly that was a plus. And uh, not that we're big 49er fans either. Uh, usually we're rooting for them uh, uh, to stumble, but I'm sure uh, they do the same with us as well. And uh, certainly Detroit's out there with a, uh, you know, they had a great day yesterday. We paid a lot of attention to it. So, you know, it's a, uh, you know, right there at the top, there's a, you know, really good group of teams there. Mike McCarthy has talked a lot this year about the, you know, the the trimesters and moving through each one of those. Has there been uh, a different plan for growth for for each one of those trimesters? Like, I want to add this to it, and I want to see what my team is at this point, and then continue to grow there. I think it's a work in progress. I think you're evaluating yourself as you go. You know, I think one of the big turn, turning points for us was the bye week. And, uh, you know, I think we were able to, you know, really sit back during the bye week and really evaluate ourselves, self-scout ourselves, you know, have the defense look at our offense, our offense look at our defense, uh, look at the special teams, uh, you know, through a hard lens. And, you know, I think we made big improvements and became a better football team after the bye week. I think this 10 days, uh, you know, we all know that's a tough stretch there when you go Sunday, Thursday, Thursday. And, uh, uh, but we do get the mini bye week here, and uh, I think we'll take advantage of that. And hopefully, uh, you know, we'll do things to improve as a football team. There's certainly, uh, you know, when you watch the Seattle game, there's a lot of things, uh, you know, that we can do better. Uh, defensively, obviously, uh, hats off to Seattle. Uh, they had a great game plan and, and moved the ball well, uh, which is something we're not accustomed to on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, again, we had some opportunities in the red zone that we didn't totally cash in on that would have probably made the game, uh, you know, not as uh, uh, not as tight. But, uh, you know, uh, that's that's part of it. And uh, I just think we'll take those uh, things. We'll, we'll learn from the Seattle game and hopefully improve as we move forward. I have to admit I was surprised, pleasantly surprised, though, as the report came out over the weekend. Tom Pelissero said that, the NFL issued no fines for the Cowboys Salvation Army kettle hopping celebration. <laughs> I know in the past that has been fined. Was there any kind of conversation between y'all and the league pointing out like, hey, this is a charity thing that we're doing, so can we cut us some slack? Well, that's always our battle cry, uh, you know, when we have had fines in, in the past. But, you know, hats off to the players, uh, you know, hats off to, uh, you know, everybody involved there, it's uh, uh, certainly, uh, you know, something that, uh, you know, all the uh, notoriety that comes with that and all the uh, branding that comes with the Salvation Army, we know how great they are for people who are in need and aren't as fortunate uh, as most uh, people in the world. And uh, they do such a great job at getting a, a big part of uh, what's given to the Salvation Army makes its way to the people who need it. And, uh, uh, I think the players understand that. Uh, I think anybody involved in that understands that. Obviously, the halftime show was magnificent with Dolly and uh, brought a lot of uh, uh, a lot of eyeballs to the kettle, and certainly is a great way to kick off the Red Kettle campaign for the holidays, so that money can be re raised to get to the people who are less fortunate. Hey, Stephen, I, I'm just trying to figure this out, and I'm I'm kind of curious if you can help me pinpoint a little bit because. Uh, we have a lot of discussions about Kellen Moore still and, and Mike McCarthy and some of those changes. What do you think is what is the the biggest difference between what was Kellen Moore's team and and what is this year's version with Mike McCarthy? 
You know, uh, you know, in no way. Or, or, I mean, Kellen Moore did just an amazing job. Absolutely, uh, why yes. he was here, yeah. and and so you know, he what he did here, and Mike uh, appreciated what he had done with Dak, and you know, didn't want to have a sea change overnight with all the success we were having. But in the meantime, I do think, you know, Mike's been able to clean up some of the things that. Uh, you know, if people were to be critical of Dak, which is hard to do because they're, you know, for the most part, he's played at a high level uh, from uh, the day he walked in the league as a rookie. But I do believe some of the things we're doing has cleaned up, uh, you know, some of the uh, interceptions, which we all know how critical turnovers are uh, when it comes to winning a football game. And certainly Dak's cleaned that up. I think he's thrown some of the, you know, one of the, one of the quarterbacks in the league that's thrown the fewest number of uh, interceptions. We're protecting the ball. And, uh, you know, I, I think we're just doing a really good job of getting the ball to the right people, executing. Uh, I think the running game's coming uh, coming along. Can we be better? Absolutely. Can we be a little better in the red zone? I think those are all things that uh, uh, will continue to, you know, to work to be better. And uh, I think that'll happen. Yeah, you were given some hats off earlier. Should we also say hats off? to Jason Witten as he led Liberty Christian to a state high school championship. <laughs> Absolutely. All Jason Witten is is a winner, and no one appreciates uh, uh, Texas high school football more than me, certainly doing it there with his sons on the team. I certainly had a son uh, who was a successful, uh, very successful high school athlete leading the Highland Park Scots to state championships. So no one gets a better – bigger, better thrill uh, of seeing uh, what Jason accomplished there with his sons and uh, his football team and uh, getting it done. Uh, hats off to him and and his sons are going to be really good athletes and just happy for him. Well, we always appreciate you jumping on and obviously hope we're all happy when we talk this next week, this next Monday after the Eagles game. Sounds great, guys. Happy holidays. There you go. Steven Jones right here on 105.3 The Fan. Now, if we could stay in the Cowboys zone for just one second, I feel like... Let's give something away! (laughs) 877-881-1053. Caller number 10. Soon. Well, now now. we'll win a pair of party passes to see the Cowboys play the Eagles oh, wow. this Sunday at AT&T Stadium. It is the NFL mm. game we all care about. These tickets, courtesy of Miller Lite. Caller number 10, 877-881-1053. Seems like a big game to go to. But did to. Jalen Hurts go in the transfer portal and he's not going to play? Not, no, he will lost. play. The NFL, Mike, it's two different things. Oh, like Ohio State. Hey, man. And Oklahoma. Why don't you just play in the bowl game? Dude, hold on. Who, which players are leaving faster, Ohio State's or A&M's? It feels like the Ohio State team is like, I'm, I'll see you later. See, A&M has we're, – we're the Alabama of losing recruits, all, okay. right? all right? In the last three years, A&M has lost more recruits than any program. But that's recruits who are already here, and they're like, nah, I'm good. And that's the part that hurts my feelings the most, if, is if you flip your commitment – that's fine. It happens. These are people who are already here, including the number one recruit from two years ago. And he's like, nah, I'm good. I came here for Jimbo. Yeah, maybe. Or he's like, I came here because the AD said it's not an eight and four job. And like, <laughs> maybe it is an eight and four <laughs> job. I don't know. All right. Now, Corey, do you have other I, I breaking non-sports news? I think this is significant as, oh, 
Oh, did it disappear? Nope, there it is. Oh, yeah. Sean Sharif from our morning show. You ever heard of him? Nope. Mm-hmm. What? Yes. Oh, yeah, he took over Friday Crosstalks. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, so much fun. <laughs> he posted a picture of himself, his wife, and Oliver, who might be the most adorable. Who's Oliver? His son. Oh, he good was for him yesterday. And he said, Swinging for a cause. It says Prescott, Doncic, Woolchuck, Sharif. Hashtag girl dads. It looks like Sean Sharif has a baby on the way, and it could be a girl. There it is. A girl. Well, I hope According so, unless Sonogram he's already. Picture, yeah. So <laughs> congratulations to him, man. That's an awesome thing. Uh, it's really, it really is cool. But like you said, Prescott, Luca, Woolchuck, Sharif, they're all the same. Outstanding. So they're going to have another baby. That is cool, man. It's so awesome until that girl turns 16 and then they have boys that like them. So good luck with that, all you girl dads. Oh. You had you had a daughter like that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and everything's fine. You have a great relationship with her. She texted you. True. What did she, but did it's she not text- fun. Like, it's not fun having a... It's great having a girl until, like, you know, they develop and everything. And then the boys notice. And then... Oh my God. You are a you were a boy once. You know what boys think. Uh huh. Do you like when did you uh-huh. did you ever feel like you had to punch a kid? Oh, I wanted to punch one kid <laughs> so bad. I knew one of those <laughs> was was. It's always interesting though, girl dad. It's just interesting what happens with the girl dad situation uh, when they turn like sixteen years old. My wife just told me that several times. It's a different situation. It's all they're beautiful, cute, and everything, and they still are, but then you have to deal with boobs and all that stuff, and it's not as fun. But Jess has said never, several times, she goes, be glad that we only have boys. And I was like, oh, I would want a girl. And she goes, that's what you think now. Yeah. I just I have no clue what what Lucy's like life is going to be like at 16. I have zero clue, man, I, because it's so much different than I expected when she was born. And so much different than I expected since then. So I have no clue what that experience is going to be like. But I, I don't want to. I don't want to have to be in that mindset of you know what I got to, got to really keep an eye on things. But I guess it looks like at least ten people wanted those tickets. Yeah, <laughs> hey, uh, those are big. Those are big important things. Yeah, they did. But by the way, if you missed out on this giveaway, we will have Cowboys giveaways on Tuesday and Wednesday, and I think you're really going to enjoy what we're doing there. Coming up next, the amazing facts and figures from one of the most unique Mavericks games in recent history. Plus, Mike likes it all as part of the Expressway right here on 105.3 The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 28-0 run. 
against Golden State. They've now tied wow. the longest run in team history. Oh! Straight. Luka just picked the pocket of Chet Holmgren. 30 in a row! 30 in a row! 30 in a row! KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan. Some of the amazing facts and figures from one of the most unique games in recent Mavericks history. Do you want to start with the positives or do you want to get right into the fact that, well, hey, that's great. They still lost the game. Uh, Let's go, I guess, some positives. Okay. Mavericks went on a 30-0 run in that game. Don't worry about what happened after that. And I actually... How many times has this happened in NBA history? I, I just can't imagine there's many 30-0 runs in any game. And there's no way that team, that team lost. lost. Yeah. Yeah, I have I kept looking from like ESPN Sports and Sports and Stats and Info and Elias and I have not found any information for that. Another positive. Derek Lively. 20 points, 16 rebounds. They took a block away from him, so he ended up with six blocks. And he set a new career high in minutes, points, rebounds, made field goals, free throw attempts. It was a hell of a game for Derek Lively. And against a very good team. I I get Chet Holmgren's a younger player, too. Obviously, that body type, you know, Derek Lively's not going to have issues with the physicality of a Chet Holmgren. But Chet Holmgren's a very skilled basketball player at a very young age. And so, it was... That it's all the numbers count throughout the game. It was that six minute stretch for the Mavs. It maybe yeah. was a little bit longer than that. I might be short changing them two minutes. It might have been an eight minute stretch where uh, Derek Lively and Luka Doncic could do no wrong. I guess all the Mavericks couldn't, but it was led by those two guys. Seven blocks? Six. Six blocks? They wow. took one away from him. Why? They might have called it a steal. Because they're Some, haters. He did uh, have a steal, so maybe that's the Yeah, thing. they might have changed it to, well, he wasn't going up to shoot. He might have got it on the way up. Sometimes that's Jeez. a tough call by the scorekeeper to say, was he blocking the shot or did he <laughs> steal the ball? But why, why, if he was that good, Kevin, why was he? did he only have four points against the Grizzlies? Now, that is... That was, I don't care to play basketball. Okay, all right. And Not that, him, the, the whole team. team. They're just like, I don't care. But that is also part of the Derek Lively experience as a player, but also especially as a rookie, is we talked about this. You're going to get these roller coasters, and that's one of the reasons I said not 10 points a game, though that would be great. I would love to see him getting double-digit rebounds at least every other game. Now, if he can double-double every other game, that'd be great. I just don't know at this stage if I think it's realistic, but... The progress you've seen yes. has been incredible. I think we're seeing the ceiling just go higher and higher on him. And and so, yeah. I, I don't, you know, who knows if he's going to develop a three-point shot in his career or not. And if he doesn't, who cares at this yeah. point? Like, he he looks like he can do a lot of things. But look at, we are just bragging about Sengun the other day, the Houston Rocket Center. He's 21 years old in his third year. And look at how much he's improved from his rookie year to his third year. I'm not saying that Derek Lively, maybe he will, but I don't think he'll average 21 points at 21 years old. Sure. I don't think so. That's fair. But I do think that he could average like 11 rebounds and three block shots. Uh, and obviously, I do think he'll get double-digit points pretty easily uh, per game 
playing with Luca and Kyrie because they give them so many great looks. So it is it is great in this year that we are seeing through 19 games Derek Lively be able to handle. I didn't think he could handle the NBA at this age. I thought we were going to deal with a guy that, all right, hey, I wasn't crazy about the pick at the time, but I'm in for they can develop a big guy and they desperately need to do it. I didn't think they could develop him this quick. And I want to go to cut 25 if we can. And this is Luca talking about Derek Lively after that game. And you can see that he has clearly been high on Lively for a minute. Amazing. I mean, you can ask me that. I'll keep responding in the same same answer. He's amazing uh, in his first year. So it's going to be scary hours for him throughout his career. So I think he's, he's amazing. That's, I, I just, I like that Luca has somebody like that that he can utilize, sure. a tool like sure. that, that he's never had a player like him that can do the things that he's doing or he's even willing to do some of the things that he's doing. And that's something, that's a positive, that's a bonus for Luca at this point. Do you also like the phrase, it's going to be scary hours? For the NBA, I have to admit, I have not heard that phrase before. Scary hours. I think it's awesome. Yeah, you're gonna start using that from now on. A little bit oh, is man. it's gonna be scary hours for the NBA when he continues or when he hits his peak. Now that's great. Positive, 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 positive. They lost. They lost the game because as soon as they had that 30-0 run and you went from you were losing by 24 to up by six, they didn't score the rest of the game, right? Uh, they scored three more points. Three more points. I thought. Okay. okay. Is they got outscored thirteen to three to close it out. Okay. Thank you. It's it's tough right now with this Maverick team because we saw the highs of the first couple weeks of eight and two, and now we're seeing three and six, and just it just looks like if you're the other team, you get what you want, and even if you don't get it, there's a good chance you'll get the offensive rebound and then get to reset, and there's no way that the Mavericks are going to stop you two times in a row. Now, I get it. To go on a 30-0 run, you had to stop a team about 12 times in a row, Yeah, and they did, but for the most part, throughout these last nine games, let's say, in this three and six uh, stretch, you just watch the other team, and you're like, I don't know how we're supposed to stop them, and when we do... If Luca or Derek Lively doesn't get the rebound, nobody else is getting the rebound. Yeah. So, I mean, Grant Williams, and we kind of knew this going in, he's stuck to the ground. He's a heavy set guy, so he's not going to be a rebounder. Derek Jones is a very active guy, but he's never been a rebounder when he's been on the court. So, uh, the Mavericks do have some fatal flaws, defense and rebounding, and I don't know if this group can overcome it. I'm going to throw one more out there, but it, I, I want to go back to the defense thing for just a second, is getting to the middle of the pack. It's kind of like what we talked about with the Cowboys two years ago. You can get to the middle of the pack, you're going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? When you say middle, explain if, more. If, if the Mavericks could get or end the season with a defensive efficiency that's okay, you're 14 talking about ju- through 17, yes. somewhere in there. Offensively, this is a top five offensive team in the so NBA. So you're going to be just fine. And that's one of the things that you saw before these last two games. It's a small sample size, but I was reading an interesting article from the morning news is in that three games where they won two of three, they were 13th in defensive efficiency just for those three games. But the reason why it was such a big deal is – Last year, they were 25th in defensive efficiency. Thus far this year, they're 24th. So you're talking about bottom fourth of the league. 
And when they got to league average, they won two or three. Short sample size. And then you see how, like, in the Saturday game specifically, it felt like it slid back. But when you're talking about their fatal flaws, there is yeah. one other thing that has come to mind. Okay. Is three-point shooting. Now, when the Mavericks started 9-3, and three, they were the best three-point shooting team in the NBA. Talk about Grant Williams and Luka above career averages. Hardaway was on fire, too. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, that's a great point. Since then, since November 15th, they are second worst in the league. And if you look at these two games over the weekend, so their run since then, 33%. What happened in these two games over the weekend? 31 of 91. That's 34%. So low. They do not. There's no other action they can do. They they will not. If they go 0 of 20 their first 20, they'll, keep shooting. they'll be like, I think we're going to make our next 20. They are not going to deviate from, hey, let's just get to the basket and maybe try to draw fouls or let's try to score in another way. The Mavericks philosophy is, no, the only way to score is to shoot the three or to kind of get Luka Luca to the basket, Kyrie to the basket, or they throw an alley-oop to Derek Lively at the basket, right? Because it's everything else is we're shooting a three. Derek Lively, sorry, not Derek Lively. Derek Jones, you're shooting a three. Grant Williams, you're shooting a three. Tim Hardaway, you're shooting a three. Whoever's on the court besides Luca, Kyrie, and Derek Lively up. dunking the ball, all of you are just here to shoot a three-point shot, it feels like. And, and that is a potential issue for this team that could lead to a lot of peaks and valleys is, all right, you get hot again. You go back to what you did at the beginning of the season. You could roll off a whole bunch of wins that hide some of your other flaws. But the problem is you see that gap. They went from the best to the second worst. And what happened? Nine and two, three and six. Or nine and three, three and six. It's tough. Yeah, it was eight and two, three and six because they played 19 games. Uh, I was trying to break it down in games of 20 because I remember early in the year, uh, Nico Harrison was interviewed and it was a few games in and said, hey, what are you looking at this team and this and that. He said, I really want to give it 20 games before I make comments on where we're at as a team. So Wednesday night will be game 20 where Nico would have a better idea on what is good and bad on this team. And the tough thing about that is going to be is it is very much tied to this because when they started nine and three, best shooting three-point team in the league. Since then, they've gone two and five and they've been the second worst three-point shooting team in the league. So are you going to get through that Utah game and you're going to be like, Man, I think we've gotten better in some areas, but it kind of feels like if we're on point from three, we're going to win. If we're not, we're going to lose, and that's it. And I will say, for the most part, besides that Memphis game the other night, they're taking care of business against bad teams because they're only good wins of the year, if you want to consider these like good wins. The Lakers? Lakers and Clippers. I guess you can say at New Orleans. Maybe the at New Orleans is better than yeah. home against the Clippers when they were struggling with... You know, they still are struggling a little bit, but they're getting better with James Harden. Um, But, I mean, besides that, anytime you play a team that's considered good, you lose for the most part. But coming up on their schedule at Utah, bad team. At Portland, bad team. At Memphis, I still say they're a bad team, even though they just beat you. So, the next three games, those are bad teams. And if you're going to lose the majority of the games, because then you go Lakers, Timberwolves, if you're going to lose the majority of those games, then you better take care of business against the bad teams. And for the most part, they have been doing that. That's what they're doing. And then maybe something comes about after Christmas 
uh, something happens with another team and they're willing to give you somebody who can help with this defensive and rebounding situation. Side point, I don't know how much, I hope our audience, like in general, just likes the NBA. Is Did you see, I know they just lost their last game, but before that, the Orlando Magic had won nine games in a row, which tied the longest run in the history of this franchise. And people might forget, like, this is a franchise that for a while looked like they were coming up in the world and we're going to take over everything with right. Penny and Shaq. But, yeah, now with Paolo, with Wagner, they won nine in a row, and that's pretty damn impressive. Uh, and I'm, I'm with you with that, that they look like a team that for 82 games is going to win 45 or more games and really make the playoffs and look like a team that can build on something. And I know that there's a lot of people in the Mavericks organization who like Jamal Mosley their coach. Yeah. So I'm sure they're feeling very good that Mosley after kind of, I don't want to say losing his job, but after the whole Rick Carlisle, yep. uh, Donnie Nelson, Mark Cuban, uh, Vegas Bob thing fell apart. Jamal Mosley was kind of, uh, I don't know how to say this correctly. I know there's ways to say it, but he was kind of like an extra that got pushed out yeah. and it was like, Oh crap. Like I'm losing my job. Cause you three slash four, can't get along at all anymore and is like yeah you're out because we're gonna have to go in a totally new direction and they went with Jason Kidd and he brought in his guys and Mosley went on and became a head coach somewhere so that's great for him I look at Orlando though and I still see them on the outside looking in on kind of the big three or four okay in the Eastern Conference if that makes sense when I look at Boston and Milwaukee possibly Philadelphia I kind of look at them going could they really beat them in a seven game series maybe Philadelphia maybe but I'd still lean towards a healthy Philadelphia in that situation I do think the team that the Mavericks just lost to as of right now if the matchup presented itself in the bracket I think Oklahoma City is going to make it to the conference finals and lose to the Denver Nuggets. Whoa. But the brackets, obviously, if they're one and four or two and three, they'd play each other in a semifinals. And there's a lot of basketball left to play. But I think that Oklahoma City team has everything defense, the superstar in Shea to take over games late, the young budding superstar in Chet Holmgren. Now and they Jalen have, Williams is both of them, honestly. Good. But yeah. the other the smaller Jalen, yeah. the six foot seven is the better one. But the other Jalen from Arkansas is really good too. Is I look at them and go, Kaysen Wallace, that was the Mavs pick that they traded, and it worked out good for both teams, right? Because Kaysen Wallace looks like everything. People thought he'd be at Richardson. Uh, he's like this perfect complement of a player, never gonna be a star, but gonna be like that really good complement. Uh, early on, I look at Oklahoma City and go, they are built to win a championship in the near future. I think those guys have to keep developing, but they have some shutdown uh, guys like Lou Dort can shut you down, can make life miserable on you. Kaysen Wallace is going to develop into a great defensive player, and he's already solid defensively at 19, 20 years old. So that Oklahoma City team, to me, uh, if, if they stay healthy, I think can make some major noise in the Western Conference this year. Now, I wanted to throw out a random thing to update what we talked about last week is the tennis racket that Novak Djokovic threw up into the stands that a college student caught. It ended up selling, after he won the French Open in 2016, ended up selling for $107,000. That is the highest price ever paid. For a tennis racket. Is he going to, can you use that racket? Like, would you, or? I mean, look, if you have enough money, you can do whatever the hell you want. 
I can't imagine investing that amount of money into a tennis racket and then going, hey, let's go play. Let's go play a let's match. Play some- yeah, with that racket. That yeah. that feels like a terrible idea. But if you're the college student, what the hell do you care? The college kid, yeah. Yeah, you got your money. Well, she's probably not in college anymore. That was seven years ago. Could be a Tommy Boy situation. Could be a doctor. That's true. It's still college. Okay. It's like 15 years of college, dude. And then your residency. and Yeah, yeah. okay. You well, well let me say shout out to this college student for waiting seven years to sell this. Because I'm catching that at the French Open. I'm, I'm immediately selling it for 20K, you mm-hmm. know. Right out of college, immediate. He wait, they weighed seven years? Yeah. Well, I mean, they were at a tennis match, so they're probably rich. True. They yeah. probably already have it in France or something. You yeah. know what? That's an interesting point because they were also at the final of the French Open. So yeah. I have to imagine those, those tickets, tickets probably just... aren't like uber cheap. So, yeah, that's a... Your roommate's just like, hey, I got these tickets to this tennis thing. You want to go? Oh, I guess maybe. Yeah. yeah. There's no way that person had a roommate. They got their <laughs> private dorm and everything like yeah. that. I, I, I hear what you're saying. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Right now, it's time for some Mike Likes It. All right, I want to kind of go around the NFL a little bit more. Somewhat sure. on yesterday's game, but also bigger picture. And maybe I'm ruining a little bit of Mike Ask All the Football questions for tomorrow or Wednesday when we get to it. But what do you guys think overall on the Miami Dolphins? They are the one seed now. I said a few weeks ago, and then they kind of disappointed me in the Chiefs game. That was overseas when they lost 21-14. Yeah. to 14. That's when, after they beat the Patriots 31-17, to 17, I think, is when I said, you know what, I think if they're healthy, if Tua T makes it out of this healthy and they're a pretty healthy team going in the playoffs, I think they're going to go to the Super Bowl. And then they played the Chiefs and lost 21-14 to 14 on that early morning game and disappointed me. I'm like, why did I say that? Yesterday they went 45-15 to 15 against Washington, very similar to the way the Cowboys won on Thanksgiving over Washington. I know that's a bad opponent. I know the Jets were a bad opponent the week before, and so were the Raiders. But what are your thoughts right now on the Dolphins? I know we're getting excited about the Philadelphia game, but I'm just wondering your thoughts on the number one seed in the AFC right now. It is fascinating how what the rest of your competition does can change people's opinions because you mentioned the number one seed of Miami Dolphins. They're exactly the same as the Dallas Cowboys. They can't beat winning teams, or at least, let me try that again. They have not shown that they can beat winning teams just yet because you look at those losses, as you were mentioning, Bills, Chiefs, and the Eagles. So they have struggled against good teams. They have the exact same record as the Dallas Cowboys, but they're in the number one spot because... Well, actually, it's only one game difference from the NFC, but they're in the number one spot because the perception is that there's two elite teams, perhaps, in the NFC versus maybe no elite teams in the AFC. I think, to me, right now, today, Corey, I would say there's there's only one elite team in the NFL, and that's the 49ers because I think the Eagles and Cowboys are on the same level right now. I get that there's a better record in Philadelphia, but they're very similar teams, so... Corey, what's your thoughts on the elite status and then also the Dolphins? The the top um, point differentials in the league are Cowboys 1, Niners 2, Baltimore 3, Miami next. Okay. And so that means that tells me that Miami's defense did what I thought it needed to do early in the season and it grew up a little bit. And we always knew their offense was there. But it needed their defense was not last year. They were, they were poor in many different areas, 
I think that they are, I think they're the class of the AFC. And even though they've beaten nobody, I, I still right. think that I know that the Ravens are, are probably the, the other team, but I still think offensively uh, that Miami can do so many different things. And, and now that H, I hate when back, you guys argue, I don't want to ask. Is that a, no, is I'm just kidding. Argument? Oh my God. And now yeah. that AJ you guys back, sound like Sean and Bobby. Things. I heard no, that just, college football segment this morning. I well, don't know about that. So let me give you guys this to continue this conversation. Miami to hold on to this one seed. Now we know if Jacksonville they play tonight. Jacksonville if they win out, out would be the, number one, the seed. one seed. They have home against the Titans, home against the Jets. Most likely the Dolphins are winning those two games. They're going to probably be favored by a lot in those games. Then it's the Cowboys, right? Then it's the Cowboys at Miami, and then it's at the Ravens, and then home Whoa. against the Bills. So their final three games are Cowboys at Ravens. Home against the Bills. So we're going to find out. The way that we think we're going to find out a lot about the Cowboys here against Philadelphia, Buffalo, Miami, and Detroit, I think we're going to find a lot out about Miami, too, at the end. Now, when you look at their losses, and I don't know, you talk about them being similar, Cowboys at home look unbeatable, right? When you look at these losses for Miami at Buffalo, at Philadelphia, and at Germany, Right. So it was a home game that they lost, but they didn't play in Miami yeah. against the Chiefs. It was overseas that they played. So two of their last three are at home, home against the Cowboys, home against the Bills at Baltimore. But they have three closing games that are going to tell us a lot about their playoff picture. No, I agree with you. And for people who do believe in Miami, I, I that's totally fine. I just This is one of the things where I said I don't always agree with – Micah Parsons' take on several things. But when he talks about viewing things different ways, how long has it been since Miami has been a playoff juggernaut again and again and again? Yeah. And they, what has their quarterback ever done in the playoffs? And they have not beaten winning teams this year. So what's the difference? Yeah. No, that, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not, I'm not arguing your point right there. But, I, I think it's a solid point. But I'm, I'm really excited about that schedule down the stretch yeah. because you're going to get that preview. It's like, Hey, can they overcome what happened to them with the Bills the first time? Hey, maybe them and the Ravens are the best, and we'll figure it out on the field before the playoffs. Do they do are a couple of these games though? Like maybe they don't have to win all three of those games at the end. I can well, see that. Well, I they, they might not have to win you know, all three, but because the Ravens are nine and three, and most likely tonight the Jaguars go to nine and three, it's going to be really tough for. The last two games not to matter. The last game might not matter. Maybe their playoff position is set, but and I, they want to play at home. You're, I mean, and, uh, yeah, playing to, in Miami is as opposed it, to going up to Buffalo or something yeah. is a lot better. Yeah, especially the way now. Look, I mean, they obviously got a Chan back, which I always want to say a Chan, but they got a Chan back and, yeah. and and Mostart, 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 not Mostert. Mostart, Mostert. Yeah, they got Mostart playing the piano there. Nope, doing great. Uh, now let me go to another AFC team last night that I'm frustrated with and I'm giving up on for the 2023 season. Oh, my God. You done with the Chiefs? It's happening. I don't think that they can make it past the second round. I They're going to win their division, and then they'll probably beat some Shlomo Glickstein in the wild card round because, I don't know, like they'll maybe get like the Houston Texans, something like that. I'm kind of trying to throw a team out there that they would play, and maybe that'll be a very challenging game a tough for team. them. But – Here's the rest of their schedule. They're at eight and four. They're the four seed right now. They have home against the Bills next week. 
So that's a heck of a game. Yeah. Okay, so, I mean, you have leading into the Cowboys-Eagles game will be Chiefs and Bills at 325. Then they have at Patriots, all they got to do is score a safety, and they win, right? So they're golden there. Yeah. Then they're home against the Raiders, home against the Bengals, and at the Chargers. So they have two built-in pretty easy wins there at home. I'm even going to say the Chargers to me. I, I, even though I'm giving up on the I'm giving up on the Chiefs making it to the Super Bowl or even making it to the AFC Championship game. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe they beat the Bills this week and I feel different about them. I don't know. But I the Chiefs I get if you're a Chiefs fan and you're like, "Hey, the refs stunk it up last night, the last sure. couple of calls. They stunk it up. Their receivers don't even know how to run routes." Patrick Mahomes is throwing to four wide receivers that don't know how to run routes. Well, don't worry. The NFL is going to do nothing to change their officiating. So that's nice. Yeah, that's a fact. It's not going to happen anytime soon. Yeah. Well, that number 37 for the Patri- or for the uh, Packers, his favorite song is Let Me Ride That Donkey, right? Because that's what he was doing at the end of the game. <laughs> I could not believe that that wasn't a pass interference. Like, I also thought that uh, that um unnecessary roughness call against Mahomes was BS. It but, was. But at the moment in real time, I thought he stepped out of bounds. Yeah. But the ref is right there on the sideline. I get, man. It was a violent hit. He's trying to stop him or make him fumble. You're playing football. Um, but the way the the refs call it these days with quarterbacks, I thought yeah. and then they showed the replay. I'm like, dude, you can't. He's trying to get a first down. You're trying to stop him from getting a first down. That's, in a game that is on the line. That is football. Okay, guys, let me go to now the Baltimore Ravens because I find the AFC fascinating with kind of the four division winners right now. So I go through Miami, Kansas City. Now I go to the Baltimore Ravens who, look, man, things are going to be tough for them too. They have home against the Rams. That seems pretty easy. The Rams aren't a bad team, but they're not a good team either. But how about this? At Jacksonville, at San Francisco, home against the Dolphins. And then they finish up home against the Steelers, who, if you score 10 points, you should be golden there. But they have three really tough – I think this December late – you know, I guess early – this December, early January schedule, we know the Cowboys have a tough schedule. I just went over Miami Miami. has a tough schedule. At Jacksonville, at San Francisco, and then playing the Dolphins at home, we're going to find out a lot about the Ravens here coming down the stretch. They don't have a cupcake schedule. And – Especially after they lost Andrews, it does feel like there's some people looking at them and being like, what do you got? Yeah. And now, do you have any other comment on Jacksonville? Oh, no, not on Jacksonville. I was just looking at that last game, and that's a TBD game with the Steelers and Ravens. That's going to be, I mean, are they, that's one of those, is the whole January 7th TBD right now? Well, because they might put some of them on Saturday and Sunday, and Uh, then I don't know this for a fact, my prediction they're considering canceling Jets and Patriots. Okay. I don't know sense. if that is yeah. an option, but they just cancel it. They're just I, like, we're done. I, I have a question, Kevin. You brought up the Jet, Jet Simeon story earlier. Yeah. Have you seen the other one that's going around? Right, Like Zach Wilson is like, I don't want. They want he back in? They want Zach Wilson to be the guy. And he's like, I don't know about that, guys. What? Yeah. That's the story that Zach been, doesn't want to play. Yeah, Zach Wilson. They're saying that, uh, and it's a dude from the a athletic. Great move. I've seen him play. I wouldn't <laughs> want to either. Uh, yeah, Zach Rosenblatt said the Jets want to make a switch at quarterback. The team is leading towards Zach Wilson to take over, but he is reluctant to stepping back in, according to Rossini and him. The team is hoping he changes his mind. Okay, as they continue to discuss the next steps. Look, and you guys can tell me if you think I'm wrong about this. 
If you're Zach Wilson, I get it. Your team sucks in a lot of different facets. This is another, you just got resurrected as your chance to be a starting quarterback again. And maybe you show something. Hold on, Mike. Maybe you show something in the last four or five games that some other team is like, I don't know. Maybe we can figure this out. Otherwise, he's got no shot. The, the best thing to do is to never play. And then people will forget how bad you yes. are. Because uh, that's not a good strategy. He's been benched three times yeah. this year. If he gets benched a fourth time, what's Who do you think's happen? better, Zach Wilson or Trey Lance? Okay, I think it's Trey Lance because, because why? he hasn't played. He's not playing. Because he hasn't played. Because yeah. you're not seeing him play. That's so fact. you're like, I think he's better. I haven't seen him play that bad. Yeah. So you don't know. So you're like, it's better yeah. not to play. When you're that bad, it's like, is if you're his agent, you're like, no, say you don't want to play. <laughs> if you don't play for the next two years, people might keep you as a third string quarterback. But the more you play, the more they're going to kick you out of the NFL. Yeah, that's going to be a tough message you hear from your agent, right? All right. The more you play, the more we're going to kick Guys, you out of the NFL. I set you up just to get to this point before we get to uh, the C-block corner. All right? Mm-hmm. You ready? Mm-hmm. The Jacksonville Jaguars. I just <sighs> gave you. The Chiefs are struggling. Tell me about it. There's a tough schedule for Miami and a tough schedule for Baltimore down the stretch tonight. Really tough game because they're playing. I don't even know who the quarterback is. Browning or something. I don't the know. Bengals. The yeah. Bengals. Then they play at the Joe Flacco's. Mm-hmm. Which look defensively, Cleveland's very good. But that that could be a tough game. I'm not going to say that's an easy game. Then they have home against the Ravens. We brought that up. That's a very big game in home field advantage. Then at the Buccaneers, not that tough of a yeah. game. And then they have home against the Panthers and at the Titans. If you do look at Jacksonville's I know, schedule, I know. Jacksonville's schedule is the most favorable okay. to be the one seed in the AFC. Let me ask you this. You just walk through the schedule. <laughs> is that a Jaguar? I don't know if that's a Jaguar still. I think that's still like a more Bobcat. Okay. More Wildcat. Let me ask you this then. How? How is this happening if we haven't gotten the progression that one might have anticipated from Trevor Lawrence, but they're still in a position where they could finish the season 14 and three and be the number one? I don't think they're going to go 14 and three. I will say that. I I do think. 13 and four? I think they, yes, I think they lose, hopefully not both, because if they lose both, they're not going to be the one seed. At Cleveland and home against the Ravens, to me, are two very losable games. But let's just say. They lose to the Ravens, and that's it. They go 13-4. and four. They get the number one a, seed yeah. or the number two seed, right, maybe. Right, And yet, we've talked about how Trevor Lawrence hasn't, like, taken that next big step. I know. How did they get here? I, I don't. Well, they are a solid team, but they, they kind of eke out wins. If, if you look at what they've done, they haven't really beaten teams by a lot, but they win, if that makes sense. Okay. yeah. Uh, and so... Now that Texans loss earlier in the year doesn't look as bad because I think the Texans are going to win nine games, maybe even 10, and get into the playoffs. So that one doesn't look as bad. But when you look at their wins, they're not impressive. And when you look at their losses, the San Francisco one was horrible. I was in Cabo, and that was on TV. That was horrible. But um, I just look at the Jaguars and go, you know, Trevor Lawrence is a good quarterback. He's not great. He did not take the step into great quarterback. He's just good. Their offense, pretty good. Calvin Ridley, good player. Kirk, good player. Uh, Travis Etienne, you brought him up the other day. Having a really good year, kind of under the radar, really good borderline top five running back. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because he does it all. He does it all, but he's he, his running, his part in the running game yeah. is, is more effective by far than his, even his partner receiving. It's like game. solid defense, solid coaching staff. It's like it doesn't make sense to me either because I don't. I think Jacksonville will get destroyed if they make it to the Super Bowl against San Francisco. But I think that they do have this outside chance. The AFC to me is somewhat wide open. You brought up Mark Andrews' injury. Yep. The the Chiefs are dealing with uh you know minor league wide receivers that he's having to throw to. So I I think that not that I'd pick the Jaguars. I would still pick Miami. I'm going to pick Miami right now still today to be in the Super Bowl versus San Francisco. But it's an interesting situation in the AFC when you start breaking down these four division winners and their records is that you really could see Jacksonville with the number one seed. And to your point, Trevor Lawrence is not in any type of MVP, MVP conversation yet. We're the can- that is an next interesting year. point. <laughs> Coming up next, it's time for the C Block starring Corey Majors, unless Coach McCarthy interrupts it. You know what? I will always w- defer to Coach McCarthy. You won't. Don't worry. Whatever. What time's this press conference? Supposed supposed to be at one o'clock. So one fifteen will be the press conference. <laughs> we'll do. We'll do all the stuff next. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.